By the way, man, I want to give you something special. Something I won't be using that much now I'm getting married. Is it your Xbox One? Even better. Is this what I think it is? Yeah, man. <laughs> this is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Oh, watch this suit, man. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. I just need a minute. <laughs> On second thought, I'm gonna take that back. I'll see you at church. <laughs> JR Cigars, ditch your best, man. Keep your password. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, Dojo Nation, everybody in the house. Wow, Jordan. Whoa. It's been a crazy day. Uh, crazy week. We got uh, absolutely obliterated by a storm, so we're lucky to be here tonight. We were supposed to get like a, just a couple inches of snow. Instead, we got a full-on blizzard. Like It's at least, what? It's like it's gotta be like fourteen, yeah, somewhere on there. It hasn't stopped. Fourteen inches. I've I shoveled nutty. I shoveled my driveway and my sidewalk three times today. Three times. Jeez, is you should only have to do is possibly do. a new. You do it when you wake record. up. You do it before you go to bed. Nobody gets hurt. You know, I, the first time I was shoveling, uh, I was shoveling. I got about halfway through Jordan. And I just couldn't go anymore. First time today. The first time today because it was super. Not your first time ever. Shut no, first time today. It was super deep. And I just couldn't go anymore. And Paul, my daughter's husband, came out and he said, hey, would you like me to help you? And I was like, yes, I would love that. I love you. And it made all the difference in the world. We, we plowed through. We got dug out. Oh, it was crazy. Guys, here's the thing. This has been, Jordan, this has been the absolute worst week, probably the worst week of my life. We oh. came back from Vegas sick. I was sick as a I dog. I think we got coronavirus. I was sick as a dog. And I traced it back. We traced it back. You know, you know, how, you know how the coronavirus, they traced it back to like uh, somebody eating a bat in a, in a marketplace, like a, a bat? I Don't traced I traced my sickness back to an Uber driver in Vegas. And I knew right then, I Jordan, I knew when we were in that Uber that we, <laughs> that I was going to get sick because that guy was coughing and hacking and covering his mouth. And I was thinking to myself, "Why are you out driving people around <laughs> and you're coughing and hacking?" And I knew I was going to get sick, but it turns out like a bunch of people from Vegas got sick and everybody that did made contact with Costa. Of course. From Smoke Maniac. So it could have either been the Uber driver or it was Costa from Smoke Maniac in Philadelphia. And I'm starting to think now maybe it was combo. A combo. I have the combo sickness. It's from the Uber driver I, and Costa. I think I'm the only one that didn't get it. Robbie got it bad. Robbie got sick. That's why there was no Flavor Odyssey Wednesday, by the way. In fact, we were planning to have Flavor Odyssey on Wednesday as we normally do. But Robbie was so sick, uh, he just couldn't tape the show. So apologize for that. Maybe it was um, just you and Robbie. What's no, no uh, on what's Facebook? Going on, there? on Facebook, there was they on Facebook. Mono action. Costa posted a thing. It's like who who came back from Vegas sick? And there was like thirty people, and they all said yeah. So apparently, anybody that made contact with Costa, I don't know. There's Jordan, our trusty <laughs> producer. I figure I should just say. You should you know, say hi. For once in a while. There's our studio audience, which is a small studio audience tonight because of the incredible storm that we had. Thank you guys for, you know, weathering the storm to make it tonight. Scott, Matt, appreciate you guys being here. Guys, this is episode 230 of Smoke Sexy Night Live. And get this, finally, Jordan, we finally got the... Uh, <laughs> We finally, did it. we finally got the patches up, the new pat, the new dojo patch. Let me see if I can get this on camera good. You want me to switch? Yeah, switch. Here's the thing. I wish you could see this um, up close. This doesn't do it justice because it's it's it just shines and glistens. It's a four inch four inch patch. That's hard to say. Four inch, four inch patch. patch. It's a four inch patch. You can get it on the dojo website. 
in the uh, in the merch section. Three ninety five. Took me like four weeks to put that thing up. I'll Finally got it. I had up. to take a photo of it and everything. We've got tons. I ordered tons of these this time because the last patch sold out. So um, we're not going to sell out of these bad boys. Get your patch now. Um, appreciate all the order. I mean, I sent out a buttload of packages yesterday. Buttload of patches. I got cakes. I got yeah. They were Flying. selling like hotcakes. Thanks to everybody joining us. This is going to be a fun episode tonight. I've uh, been looking forward to this episode for, for quite some time. I try to get we try to get a, a wide uh, range of guests from inside the cigar industry, from the cigar media, from manufacturers to to even people outside of the industry. It's fun to do. But um, tonight uh, on the show. Uh, we're gonna have Thor Nielsen from Cigar Press Magazine. Cigar Press Magazine since 2007 Ooh. has been bringing a unique take Flies on nine. yeah on the the cigar biz. They've been around a long time. When you've been around for you know over 10 years in this industry, you're doing something right. So uh, without further ado, let's bring him on the show. Uh, Thor Nielsen, welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're Good we're ex- yeah we're excited yeah. to have you on the show, uh, Thor. Uh, you've been doing the magazine since two thousand and seven. That's quite an accomplishment, my friend. Yeah, you know it's been a long road for sure, um, but uh, you know it's been a lot of fun. We we try to do something unique, uh, which I think obviously comes through. But uh, you know we we've been smoking good cigars, and that's that's why we're doing this. You know, so. Uh, what can I say? You know, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the magazine as the show goes on. But before we get into that aspect of uh, of what you bring to the industry, uh, you were in Vegas this past week for the Tobacco Plus Expo. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. I want to talk about it a little bit with you and see see how you thought the show went. So here's the deal, folks. Um, typically... Uh, we have a big trade show in the summer, which is normally called the IPCPR. It's been called other things. Now it's changed to the PCA, Premium Cigar Association. And it's going through its own struggles and stuff. Things go through struggles. And because of that, there was a lot of emphasis on this year's Tobacco Plus Expo, which is normally a dramatically smaller show, especially as far as premium cigars are concerned. But because of the fact that there's turmoil with the other show, there was a lot of expectation uh, around the TPE. So there was a lot of people that maybe normally aren't there. Now, I know, Thor, you've been there a lot of times. I've been there prior to tonight. I've only, I've been there once. I've been to TPE one time. It was like four years ago or something like that. You've been to several of them. So you're a good guy to ask. Well, you've been to two of them? Okay. So what were your thoughts on the but show? The first, about, uh, the first was about 10 years ago. You know, So it was a big change from then until now. Um, just everything in the industry has been a lot different. Uh, so obviously, yeah, um, I think it was a good show. Obviously, there's a lot of different industries that are kind of intermingled together, which the IPCPR, the now PCA, has kind of gotten away from, uh, you know, whether it being hookah and CBD and, and the cannabis side of things. So to see those two kind of mixed together, a lot of people are happy. Some people aren't, you know, but at the end of the day, as long as people are doing business, honestly, I really don't see what the what the problem is, you know. Um, we'll be at both shows. I'm looking forward to seeing going to the PCA and seeing how that turns out um, this year and the next few years. You know, if uh, they do the Consumer Day after all, uh, that that should be interesting. So, uh, but yeah, no, the TBE was fun. Um, I did not get sick. At least that was not self-induced. Uh, I can't say I didn't come home a little little tired, but at least I remember waking up in Chicago. So it was a good good trip. Yeah, so I think I guess the most in, I I would say the probably one of the there's several interesting aspects of the show that I thought and I'll just bounce these off of you and see what you think. But one of the more interesting aspects of the show was um there was a red carpet and blue carpet. And uh if you could imagine red carpet was pretty much for the most part it was the premium cigar you know business side of things and it was at the very front of the trade show off to the left on the red carpet and then the show went on for quite some i don't know if you guys saw that me me and uh robbie's wrap-up video where we kind of walked through the show um where we went all the way into the blue area and in the blue area there was wild stuff there was some really wild stuff um 
back in the day uh, with uh, IPCPR, there was hookahs and vapes and stuff, and they haven't been around for a couple of years with the show, but there was stuff like that. But at TPE, it, it's, it goes even farther. There's some really bizarre product. Uh, pretty much anything that encompasses uh, even not marijuana per se, but um, as close as you could get, as close as you could get to like <laughs> really that side of pushing things. the boundaries. They're yeah. pushing the boundaries in a lot of ways. Thor, what what are your thoughts on having premium cigars uh, displayed right next to you know items such as synthetic urine to pass a drug test? I mean, that's sort of kind of an interesting <laughs> dichotomy. What were your feelings on having our industry? you know, nestled in with some of that stuff? Well, you know, I guess if you're busy enough at your booth, you wouldn't notice what's around you, right? So, uh, but no, really, it's it's different, you know, and it's not going to be for everybody. And I guess that's why there's separate shows, you know? So if you don't want to go to this one and be around that element, then, then just don't go. Um, I do like how the carpet separated everything. Um, you know, it made, you, made it easy to stay on track, you know? I, I definitely ventured off into the blue section um, the last day that I was there. Uh, just to see what was going on. So, yeah, it was, it was, and you had to, if you ate lunch there, you had to go all the way at the end. I don't know, it was like two or three football fields of CBD and <laughs> different kinds of uh, hemp and, uh, you know, a lot of different interesting products. A lot but, of smells, uh, right? Yeah, it was funny. As, as soon yeah. as you, as soon as you were about, as soon as you were about 50 steps past the premium cigar area, all of a sudden, it was like you, you, it smelled like strawberry banana. Like you get these weird <laughs> wafting smells coming your way, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I honest, was... honestly, Thor, I have to agree with you. I I just I didn't see this as any kind of issue. Now I, I get the fact that you know, as far as our battle, you know, with the FDA and stuff, we're trying to separate ourselves from that kind of stuff. But it's a trade show, and as far as the trade show goes, I felt like it was very well organized, and I, I just didn't have an issue with being in the same building with the other companies. It didn't bother me. No, it didn't bother me either. You know, but it's easy for me to say. Obviously, we, as you know, you can bounce around and you can see who you want to see, um, and spend the time where you want to, where you want to go. But you know, for some people that aren't used to it, maybe it, it could be a culture shock in some aspects. You know, I mean, uh, especially here in the States, especially with now state to state to state, they're legalizing. I know in here in Illinois, they just legalized it this year as of January. So it's still pretty new, even in the States. So I think, um, you know, it might be a, a little bit of getting used to. Um, it's definitely not going to go anywhere. And like I said, if you don't want the business, then, you know, just stick to PCA and, and, and the people that go there. You know, Thor, I've often, I've said recently, and I... I, for some reason, I have a hard time remembering when, like, the hookah and vape stuff s sort of stopped uh, displaying during the IPCPR. It had to be just been like a couple of years ago because it seems just it had like to have been like sixteen or seventeen. Right? Yeah, and I and I I asked I've asked a couple of people like why why was that why what happened there because I'm guessing it would be nice to have those people back at this point. I mean, it's not like. Um, you know, you know, money's money. And if they're filling up the trade show floor, they're filling up the trade show floor. Um, kind of seems like a missed opportunity to me, which brings us into this, you know, this idea of PCA versus TPE. Um, I mean, I think there's room for both shows, don't you? No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people that said they weren't going or at least one person, I think AJ originally said they weren't. And now they're going. Um, and it just makes sense, you know, uh, unless there's some sort of political reason. Um, you know, that you have tied into organizations, um, then I get it. But, uh, you know, anything right now, uh, everything that's going on in the outside of the industry, we really don't need to start internally combusting, you know? I mean, at least wait until we get through some of the, the storm um, before we start ripping each other apart. As far as the companies that did go to TPE, Tobacco Plus, Plus Expo, uh, any were you surprised at how many uh, of the premium cigar manufacturers were there? Were you, did you think there'd be more? Did you think there'd be left, less? What were your sort of general thoughts on the our part of it, our little red carpet part of the show? Well, the one thing that I actually like better are the smaller booths. It kind of reminds me of Inner Tobacco in Dortmund. Um, you know, you have a lot more time uh, to spend with people. There's not as many people at the booth, um, so it's almost a more intimate experience. And at least from our standpoint as the media, 
you know, and that's a, that's a great thing. You know, you try to go to uh, Drew Estate at PCA, you know, you might see Jonathan, but if you go to Dortmund, you know, he'll be sitting at the booth for a minute by himself and you can, you know, sit down with him. So um, it's a different dynamic for sure. Um, so, you know, take it or leave it. It was, it was definitely more intimate. You know, we, we pretty much, there was, there was a few companies that we didn't get a cover because they just for whatever reason, they were busy when we came around or whatever, which is a good thing for them. Uh, but for the most part, uh, for the most part, we had our sort of our pick of the litter. We could interview whoever we wanted. We we miss Roma Craft. I'm sorry, Skip Martin. We that's my bad. We tried several times. Just to, for whatever reason, every time I came by, Mike was busy talking to somebody, and I know Skip wasn't happy f- with me f- on that. But and that's our fault. Just didn't work out. But for the most part, we were able to just interview sort of whoever we wanted to, and it was it was great. I. It was a different vibe, and it was a positive vibe. Tell me, I mean, from our our perspective, pretty much everybody we talked to just was positive and thinking, "Wow, this is not bad. We're we're selling, we're we're making some orders, and it's there's room for the show, there's room for that show." Did you get the positive vibe that we got, Thor, from the show? Yeah, I mean, everyone I talked to, they were they were doing great. You know, they were filling orders, um, they were busy, so uh, no complaints. The only thing was some people, like you said, they didn't like being next to the synthetic piss and all these, <laughs> these other products. But uh, like I said, you go to TPE, it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago. I mean, that's all you could find there. I right. think it might have been Rock Hotel or Drew Estate. Um, and then everything else was hookahs, bongs, Roy Roll, you know, papers, all that kind of stuff. Did you happen to um, drop so, by the FDA booth? No, actually, I did not. That was that was one that we should have we should have done that. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't find it. Yeah, they were they yeah. were there. I don't know what they were they were Fine. doing, but you know that would have been a great interview. I think we should have we should have found a way to do that, Jordan. Hey, um, so so Thor at the show, uh, one of the kind of interesting things was these sort of like pavilion style booths where there would be like, you know, eight small not I shouldn't say smaller. Some of the companies were were even larger, but eight like premium cigar companies all sort of sharing one large area and in the middle they could do their orders and stuff. But like a lot of these companies say like Aganorsa Leaf and whatnot, they'd have, they had like one guy like Terrence, like he was the only guy there representing the company. So as from their perspective, I mean, their, their booth was like $3,500. Really all they had to do was just show up with cigars and some order forms and and get to work. It was seems like a, a great kind of entryway for folks to to be involved if they don't want to spend you know fifty thousand dollars on the the PCA show. Right. I mean, and you don't even need to at the PCA show. You know what I mean? The people will still be there. Sometimes I think it's more of like showboating. You know, having a bigger booth and well, that just comes with uh, showmanship and trying to sell things, I guess. But uh, it didn't seem to be that way at this show. You know, just like at uh, like I I said earlier at Inner Tobacco. It's kind of the same thing there, too. You know, you'll have distributors, and then all the different companies are at the different booths for the distributors, uh, which is nice, too, because you have a lot of different companies, kind of like that was, where you had eight or so companies all sharing one space. So uh, you can get a lot done just in that one area. How'd you like the, uh, the, the idea of it just being three days? I think it's, I mean, three is great. Yeah, it seemed like a good amount, right? Like, there comes a point when... Four? Four days. Four. Like you sort of. I mean, last year, the very the last day of IPCPR, uh, the the half day was just completely unnecessary last year. Even was, back when the show was rocking, it was pretty. The fourth yeah. day was like. Seems eight. like three days is better. I I think the yeah. PCA could, you know, like Skip Martin had a question on the, that that he posed to me, and and I'll pose it to you. What are a few things that that PCA could, you know, take with them, learn from TPE, and possibly integrate into the the summer show do you have any thoughts on that you know honestly i really don't um i really don't no i think um, the three-day thing is is one i mean um that seems like a you know, po- possibly something that they I, could incorporate one of the things for me it was just the timing was bad and it just kept getting closer and closer to the fourth of july right. you know and that was such a bad time especially for retailers it's probably what the second busiest third busiest week maybe of uh, of the year for them and now they're expecting them to leave their shops you know uh and i think this year uh 2020 originally was supposed to be the setup day was on july 3rd and then the first day was july 5th you know so I expected everyone just to be there over the over the holidays so you know that kind of thing was a little 
I, you know, it's just bad timing. And, um, but they did change that. So that was good. Um, and I think people are kind of freaking out about that consumer day, but, um, you know, we'll see. It seems like they bailed ship and I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. You know, and it's nice to be in our position because we could just sit back right. uh, and watch the show. Right. Um, and, you know, we try to focus on entertainment, you know, and so we, there's there's a lot better and more suitable people to sit there like Glenn Loop and, you know, fight the fight and uh, do things. And so we just try to stay positive, you know, and um, just keep focus on what this culture and cigars are all about, which is just relaxing and uh, the camaraderie of it. What was your uh, sort of your goal going into, I mean, for, for, for a cigar press magazine, what was your your goal heading into the, the TPE show? What did you want to accomplish? Uh, basically just FaceTime, you know I mean? Because we were, we talked to all the companies, we, you know, we're talking about products and we see what's out and what's new. Um, but uh, for me, you know, we just wanted to experience it again. We have more companies that go there. So um, it's really just about the FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, we get more done, at least that we have in the past that like the PCA shows uh, after the show. You know, which is always nice. You know, so, one of um, one of the a, one of the great things, Thor, was that opening night party. Uh, oh yeah, that that thing was amazing. There was so there was this big sort of like industry get together party, and there was like f- sort of four different venues. Uh, three of them were sponsored by by cigar companies: Drew State, Villager. What was the other, what was the third one? Darjum. Yeah, and then um, Durham. Yeah, and, yeah, Durham. Yeah, and um, they were all different. Like one was like the Drew State one was like a you know, bopping like on like a rave situation. And then the Villager section was like dueling pianos. And so it was really cool. It was like places, you know, different kind of hangouts, whatever kind of suited your personality. That was probably one of the better um like opening galas, if you will, of any show that I've been to. I thought it was a blast. Man, I miss the the old days of the IPCPR. Back then it was the uh, RTDA, like CAO, you know, they would throw these just mega parties. Uh, everybody would drew and rocky and cao you know that was back when john huber was with them and uh you know these parties would just be insane it was like you didn't want to leave the show you just never wanted it to end you, you talk about like three or four days it's like well let's make it 10 you know because it was just such a such a blast uh, and then the s chip hit and basically i think that kind of killed the whole party thing and it just never recovered so now you just have all these little smaller things so um, that was nice, you know, that TPE thing, because it was kind of like a big thing to do with a lot of companies, and everybody showed up to it. Um, and that's one thing I wish that would come back to the PCA show. Did you, you know, at least at that level, like they did? Did you have the um, the uh, cotton candy foie gras? Oh my gosh! Thing. Oh no! Oh my god! Talk about bizarre meats. So 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 Jack Tr- <laughs> Jack Tarano comes up to me, and he's like, as soon as we walk in, he's like, whatever you do, you gotta go, and you gotta have the cotton candy foie gras. And I was like, cotton candy foie gras? What are you talking about? <laughs> and it, there was these these uh, this appetizer that was a little stick with a little ball of cotton candy on it. And in the middle was a chunk of foie gras. Those things were um, – Jordan, we had we must have eaten like 10 Once of Once we things. found out where they were actually making them, then we just posted up. Just I, I got to say, I've, I, it, it blew me away. It was it was the best appetizer I, I've ever eaten in my entire life. I – have a friend sounds, sounds who weird. says that the cotton candy okay. is made with pork fat. The cotton candy is made oh, with pork wow. fat. Yeah, I don't know what it, a new... I don't know what it was made out of, but I can tell you that I don't even feel bad for the geese anymore because it was that good. Oh yeah, it was delicious. They're gonna yeah. All right, um, let's get right into it. Cigar Press Magazine been around since two thousand and seven. Um, Thor, what got you started in the uh, publishing industry, the uh, publishing your own magazine? This is a massive undertaking. This isn't something that you can just you just go and do. What was the genesis of this of this project for you? Yeah, and it was actually by accident. You know, it wasn't something I ever set out to do. Honestly, um, I had graduated here from Columbia in Chicago uh, with a fiction writing degree, so I was going to get my master's. Um, in education, because what else to do with a writing degree? <laughs> uh, but become, become a teacher, and uh, so I just met a guy at a party, and uh, you know we smoked cigars and we talked all night, and then you know we just went our own ways. I actually saw him again two weeks later, and you know we smoked and talked again, and they actually told me that he owned a cigar company at that time was Cigar.com, 
Mm. And um, he told me to come in. And so he actually hired me to do like their, I think it was Cigar of the Month Club, newsletter, things like that. You know, I basically did whatever they needed me to. Um, and then they got bought out by Cigars International. Um, and at that time, I started working freelance for them. And um, my girlfriend at the time moved out to California. And so I was like, well, what the heck, I'll, I'll move out there too. Um, doing freelance, I was working from home. And that's when I had hooked up with uh, Pete Johnson, met him, and started hanging out at Grand Havana Room. Uh, he was still working there at the time, down at the shop. And uh, eventually, I got fired from my freelance work, and he had moved into a new space, and I was helping him for the trade show, like pack boxes part-time and stuff like that, you know, filling orders. And um, I was like, dude, I just got fired. And he never actually hired me full-time. I just kind of never left from that temporary job, you know, and he never told me to go away. And uh, <laughs> But anyway. So I was like, all right, you keep paying me, I'll keep packing boxes or doing whatever you need to do. And uh, but anyway, yeah, he's like, well, dude, you, you know, and at that time I was doing like for Cigars International newsletters, interviews, articles, uh, website stuff. He's like, well, you, you're already doing that, so why don't you put put together your own little rag here, you know, and distribute it to the shops in L.A. And I was like, yeah, it's not such a bad idea. He said he'd pick up an ad, and um, I had called a few people I knew in the industry, and 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 that was that, you know. So he kind of planted the seed. Um, and and then that was that, you know, wow. 13 years ago. I, yeah. Yeah. 13 so I years. Never 13 years is a long time. I mean, like we see guys come and go in this industry quite a bit. And it seems like, you know, like two years is like the magic number. They come around they're they, They're excited for a while and then they go away. I mean, we've been doing this since 2012. Seems like a long time. Um, mm -hmm. But doing the magazine, that's a, that's a whole nother animal. The whole publishing you know, print side of, of things. And you've been able to, I like, I like the fact that this magazine is, ha, has that, um, the feel of, of just more of like a personal, like guys that are in the industry. It's not necessarily a technical thing where you're going to read about, you know, yachts and, and expensive watches and that kind of stuff. You'll put stuff in the magazine, just all kinds of little tidbits of, you know, pieces of art, um, things that you're just thinking about. You do beer reviews. It's just kind of whatever you're interested in at the time, it seems like. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, like, like I said, I went to Columbia for fiction writing, and I always grew up around, I guess, art. My dad, uh, he always had a ton of stuff in his basement. You know, like we were talking about it a little earlier, uh, like Frazetta. You know, he has all these Frazetta statues, um, and I was always mesmerized with this kind of stuff, and he'd always have, like, you know, different statues and pieces of art over the house. And um, that was always something that, you know, I was attracted to. And I, for some reason, when I ever got into cigars, um, the whole process behind it is definitely like art, you know. And so I kind of just wanted to do something that represented us and something we could have fun with. Uh, you know, we don't do ratings or anything like that. Um, we just, just try to have fun with it, you know. We don't need to be so serious. Yeah, so you, you, do, but, uh, you do reviews, but you don't rate cigars. Um, why don't you, why don't you rate cigars? Well, sometimes I feel like that can just be a deterrent. You know, if somebody has that pre notion of, uh, like a 92 or 93 rating in their head, they're going to figure out why that cigar is that good instead of smoking it to figure out for themselves if mm -hmm. they like it or not. And so we always just kind of tried, uh, we wanted people to learn about it, learn about the tobaccos, learn about where the cigar came from, you know I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's the aromas and the flavor that you're going to be into you know, and why you're going to be into this. It's not, it's not the ratings so much, um, at least for me at all. You know, it's not, it's not like an ego boost, you know, I'm smoking this for the experience and for the flavor. And so we didn't want, we didn't want to kind of get it muddy with the ratings and the politics and everything that can go behind that. But it kind of sucks. It's a double-edged sword, you know? Right. Because it, because some people do like the the ratings and, and I get both sides. I, I, I like, I like the fact, I think that there's room for both of these, you know, things in the industry. Like, you know, with your reviews, you're just going to find out what the reviewer thinks of the cigar. And they're not going to, you know, put that uh, a stamp of approval necessarily in your mind with a rating so you can just read the review. But then other folks, they do like to get that number because they want to find out go buy the cigars that are you know 90s and if it's especially if it's something you've never tried you know there's some you can't try everything so sometimes right. you yeah. need to okay i just won't try that right and, and you know this is what we do for a living and so people want to know what our professional opinion is and so they're like yeah just we just want to know what you think you know so we're always trying to think in new ways and you know we might be incorporating something in the future 
as far as um, some sort of rating or, or something, but, um, you know, it'll be cigar press style. It won't just be like the whole number, you know, this is a 95, go buy as many as you can type of situation. Right. But, uh, you know, it what? builds excitement, you know, that's why I do like ratings and the lists, especially at the end of the year. There's so, so, so many of them. Um, it kind of gets out of hand, but at the same time, everybody <laughs> talks about them. Uh, it, it, excitement, it, you know, I mean, it, it does, it brings awareness to the industry and stuff. So that can't hurt. How big is the uh, how big is the staff? Who's how many folks you got putting this uh, magazine uh-huh. together? Yeah, no, we're really small. I basically do everything, and my mom too. She's behind the scenes. Uh, she travels a lot and started doing uh, videos. Um, she likes to get out there. Uh, one of her main things that she loves to do is travel. Uh, so it's just the two of us, and then my dad. He'll do a lot of the cartoons, um, and then we do a lot of freelance work. You know, we have like Lord Gar in the back of the magazine and certain things that we put in the magazine. But, um, you know, it's just like the two of us. It's all family. That's awesome. Hey, uh, we're going to do a quick commercial break, Jordan. And then and, and Thor brought up art. And there's one there's a couple covers of Cigar Press that I want to talk about when we come back. Uh, one in particular, because he, he already brought up Frank Frazetta, who I was a big fan of growing up as a kid. And they had a cover that had uh, a Boris painting on there. So we'll talk about that when we get back. But, guys, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, including the brand-new exclusive Cabanas, crafted by the legendary Don Pepin Garcia. Don't forget to check out their social media pages, including YouTube, where they feature cigar reviews, interviews, and their famous weekly top five videos. Check out JR Cigars for all of your premium cigar needs. Okay, we are back. Episode 230, Smoke Night Live. I'm here with my trusty producer, Jordan. Jordan, hey. what, what are you smoking, Jordan? Smoking the Illegal Habano from La Familia Robina, and uh, this thing is really good. Yeah, that was kind of a bit of a surprise for us, huh? Yeah, the, Bear, Bear reviewed it. He gave it a 90. I, I might even go 91. It's just like... Bear, what are you? Come on. No, that's a good cigar, no. yeah. And I'm drinking Crazy Weldworks Strawberry Cheesecake Berliner. I've got... Everything Weldworks does is awesome. I've got the... Um, I've got some pot still Willet uh, bourbon. Always fun. And I'm smoking the Avo uh, Fogata. This is the 30th anniversary version of this. Draw is too loose on this particular one, but I really like this cigar. But the draw on this one... Way too loose. I don't know why. Anyways, uh, speaking of beer, Thor, that's something that you guys cover in Cigar Press, which is cool. I uh, two of our favorite passions in the uh, in your magazine, beer and cigars. Um, you cover the craft beer industry just as much as you cover a lot of cigars in in each magazine. Yeah, we do. I mean, that was just something from the get go. We always liked, you know, was the craft beer scene. Um, I always. Grew up, we had a local brewery here that opened in like 96, you know, and I was 16 at the time. And so that was just something that was, you know, part of our lives and uh, uh, just something we wanted to explore. Nobody then was actually doing craft beer and cigars or putting it together. Uh, and I think we've put beer in the magazine in every issue, you know, since day one. Um, and since then, now I've, you know, started home brewing and mm. pretty much just used it as an excuse to go to breweries all over the world and <laughs> write it off. <laughs> have you been to uh i know i know you were at rocky mountain cigar fest last year uh did you get a chance to view uh to visit any uh breweries here in town we got we got some good ones you do yeah no one of my favorites still is crooked stave um i, I really got into their sour yeah, stuff Colorado. and i'll eat some of the ideas yeah yeah um that was good obviously oscar blues we had that out here in illinois you know a long time ago and so i've been introduced to them um, but Colorado for us was always growing up where all the good beer came from. And so that was something we always focused on at first in the magazine. Yeah, I, I dig that. So like every Wednesday we have uh, Flavor Odyssey, which is uh, Randy Griggs and Robbie Rasmussen do pairings. And um, they pair a beer and a cigar based on the alphabet, like A, B, C, D, and so forth. You know the alphabet. You know the alphabet. <laughs> There's letters in the alphabet. You know how that works. Uh, but, the, you know, the cool thing about the show is they don't necessarily like every pairing, which doesn't necessarily mean that they dislike the beer or the cigar, but the pairing itself may be a you know, thumbs down, even though they might like both elements. 
Um, they might like the beer and the cigar, but it just doesn't pair well together. Have you? Are there certain styles of beer and stuff that you think pair better than others with cigars in general? You know what? I guess it's always about what's happening on your palate. You know, if you got something real sweet and creamy, you might want to like a beer. You might want something spicy to kind of tackle that different element on your tongue or in, in your taste. So I think it's just about experimenting and knowing what you know you taste when you drink that beer or whatever it might be and you know the cigar though you know you really have to know your cigar so it's really trial and error right um, yeah like a but, lot of a uh, lot of people say like you know like ipa is a terrible pairing but i don't think that's necessarily true especially if you get into like you know triples and stuff like that like triple ipas or imperial some of the hazy stuff some of the hazy stuff well. is it pairs well like west coast classic ipa i don't think pairs very well yeah, it's just it's too piney or yeah. something. I don't know what it is, but there's obviously like you know stouts are a great uh, pair with cigars and so on. But then me personally, like I'm a I'm just I I can't get away from pairing bourbon and cigars. That's sort of like my go-to. Like it seems like that's just the that and coffee are like the two perfect pairings in, in my opinion. Sure. Well, you know you can't go wrong. I do like rum too, but uh, usually I just stick to beer. I mean, I could drink a lot of both, so I prefer to drink a lot of beer than. <laughs> <laughs> you're but gonna you're gonna uh, work your way through it regardless, and just see what happens, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll be going to Nicaragua and then Dominican here coming up, so we'll be getting plenty of rum in, I think. So. When are you going to Nicaragua? Uh, actually, we leave tomorrow. Oh. We're going down to uh, check out the cigars. Sorry, yeah, the 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 reopening, right. and then uh, Pro Cigar, which is coming up this month. Yeah. I'm going to Safari on the fourth of March, so okay. going going back down. We've we have gone a, a bunch of times, so I'm sort of curious to see uh, what it's like now that they're, you know, opening it back up. Plus, I'm I'm right before that I'm doing the Perdomo trip, so I'm I'm going to get to see like the uh, structured trip and then the unstructured trip, you know, back to back, doing all these factory tours that you get to do. Uh, do you have any memorable ones, ones that uh, you really thought were amazing, uh, f- factories that you just loved visiting along the way? Well, yeah, I mean, Drew Estates Factory obviously um, was just so unique when they built it, you know, and um, going down there and kind of seeing the evolution of it and some culture studios just because no one ever had anything like that before. Um, and then Davidoff, too, was one of my first uh, experiences. And, you know, it's just such a clean factory. Uh, you really do expect people like clinking champagne in there, you know, (laughs) and, uh, in toasting. But, um, you know, one of my funny stories, I think it was my very first trip down, uh, for the magazine, 2007, a buddy photographer of mine who was helping me start the magazine, you know, back, uh, at the Grand Almirante back in the day, you could smoke cigars and at the casino. And so we were up, I don't know, all night four or five actually we didn't even go to sleep and so we went to Lito Gomez's factory he wasn't there uh, but his manager was there Lito said we can walk around and so he walked into one of those aging rooms and just got smacked in the face with all that ammonia oh yeah yeah. and um, (laughs) I remember I remember him coming back after that and saying oh man I just barfed all over the bathroom on the walls (laughs) everyone go back in there so I don't know if Lito ever knew that but I'm like oh man well, I wonder why they don't work with us too much. He probably remembers that. From you, you, guys, you left your mark. <laughs> you left your mark on the factory. Hey, uh, I, I got to talk about the, the Boris cover. Um, uh, this uh, Jordan, show this cover. This this is one of my all-time favorite artists. I mean, uh, him and Frank Frazetta. So how did you get this interview uh, with him and, and, the, and the cover? This is really really means a lot to me it's awesome how'd you pull this one off this is so cool well actually he works a lot with uh well now i mean he's passed but um uh, his widow and everybody kendall culbertson down in kansas and uh is in missouri yeah but he's out that way with uh, outlaw cigars and so he commissioned him and had that piece uh you know done and i uh, was able to use it so i'm like man this is a perfect cover it's cigar related it's you know, Frazetta, uh, Vallejo, like kind of, you know, and uh, so it was just cool to, to do. And um, I, I couldn't have done it without him, you know, and he was buddies, his family, I guess uh, they, they know him. And so he was able to, I, I actually was able to get through um, just through Kindle, you know, but um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so if, definitely unique. 
I don't know if anybody else would have done that. We've gotten in trouble a lot, or not in trouble, but people are like, oh, you know, you do skeletons and skulls and things like that on the cover. I'm like, yeah, but, well, you know, look who did it. You right. know, <laughs> no, that's kind of like super cool. It's kind of like with Lord Gar. People complain, like, oh, you have a comic book with Lord Gar. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and he smokes cigars. I'm like, yeah, you guys don't care that he's like lopping off the heads of politicians and people in there, you know, but you care that he's smoking a cigar. That's what you mentioned, you know, it's kind of funny. No, yeah, that's that's what's kind of cool about the, the mag is there's sort of, you know, it flows from issue to issue. You have a kind of an interesting artsy um, a cover each time. What what do you, what is this connection? Why why are why is the cigar industry and, and the art industry so, you know, closely you know, I've been an artist my my entire life, so I appreciate the, the, what you guys do. Why and why is art and cigars so closely tied together? You know, um, honestly, I just think it's the whole process of cigars. You know, I mean, it's kind of like wine or anything that people make. You know, I mean, it's it, it really is from from the seed all the way through until it gets sent to the, you know even through the retailer and how they have to age it. You know, and it's taken care of. Um, through the whole process, you know, so the craft can be looked at as like an art. Um, and so it was just something I was always, always into. Um, and so it was just like a natural thing for me. Right. Yeah. It's, kind it's, of, it's cool. Like, you know, the, the whole Drew state subculture thing. And then, you know, Oscar Valadares has a, a really cool take on, on how he integrates art into his products. And then just, just, you know, cigar bands in general, for the most part, um, are, are beautiful and artistic and uh i was just yeah. i think that that's another thing that really drew me into into this hobby so deeply is is that art aspect of it and i love seeing the you know the fact that there's a, a magazine such as yours that does pay homage to this and pays attention to it and ties it in closely like that that's sort of the the i think maybe one of the things that differentiate differentiates you guys what other things sort of differentiate Cigar Press from, say, other cigar magazines? Um, I, well, obviously, the the whole thing about ratings, you know, and how we don't we don't do that whole aspect. And um, I don't know, we kind of, you know, play our play our own tune, I guess you could say. Um, but um, just by looking at it, you know, it's kind of, I guess, it's just uh, I don't know if you want to say like more urban styles, edgier. Um, we don't really care if we ruffle feathers we don't cater to other people we just do what we want to do right one of the guys wants to know thor uh chad chad says uh do you guys sell that cover as a poster or would you um you know um i don't know if we do i know kendall culbertson i think has made a couple prints of it you check out outlaw cigar i believe that's the, the art that he uses for that but um so there's a place where you could go to get that or is that's by the way, one off. On, on the Boris, on his website, he sells prints. I don't know if he sells that particular print, but he does sell prints uh, from almost, almost all of his mm. works. And he, he's one of the most famous uh, fantasy artists ever. Like him and Frank Frazetta are the two you know, most famous of all. But on, if you go to, I can't think of the name of the Boris Vallejo uh, website right now, but... Um, he does sell prints for most of his pieces and they're amazing. Just, you should just search him, search his name, go check it out because he, you'll, you'll recognize some of them. Some of them are really, really famous. You've probably seen them before. You just didn't realize who it was, but like he does sell prints for most of his stuff. But that brings us to probably the most famous cover that, uh, this ranks with the most famous covers of any magazine, your unusual suspects cover from way back when what year what year is this i'm sure we're showing the picture right now so it's jonathan drew john huber pete johnson Dion, george and matt booth what year is this um take maybe maybe 2011 what would it be eight years ago nine years i know we're pressing for a 10-year reunion oh. uh, piece now yeah, this so is amazing kinda... how did this come to be this is an incredible cover awesome yeah you know it was just just an idea that kind of came together and i was like yeah we should do something different that no one's ever really done on the cover. And these guys are all kind of different characters that aren't, you know, your typical cigar industry people. Um, and so we just kind of pulled it together. Uh, George Rico, uh, Granabano, he had that space in Miami that he let us use and everyone just flew in. Huber flew in for the day. Pete flew in for the day. Um, 
you know, and JD, he was already there and Booth, he came in. Um, so, you know, for a minute there, we forgot that we were there to do a photo <laughs> shoot. We were all just like, people were drinking wine and, you know, we're smoking cigars. And so we, we really, at one point I remember having to yell, I'm like, all right, pull it together. And then we just got like, snapped and John hopped up and went back on the turntables and yeah, it was, it was, it was cool, man. And uh, it's definitely, it was definitely a unique experience. You know, I think Matt at that time, um, this wasn't the first piece we did on him. We did one on him a few years earlier. It was like the first article written on, you know, Matt Booth uh, back in the day. Um, and so it was just neat to get them, you know, all together and then to see where they've all become, where they've gone today, you know. Who who was the hardest one to wrangle in to, like, you know, get to actually, you know, pay attention and take the picture? <laughs> oh, man. It's got to be I Matt. don't know. Matt, hey. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Matt was at that, you know, that was like, that was a good eight years ago. So he was, he was still kind of, you know, following along. He was good. I don't know, man. I would probably, I don't know. It was a tough day. If I could remember, I'd tell you. you (laughs) (laughs) Now you guys had a bit of a reunion. I think this is this past uh, IPSPR. Jordan, show that real quick. This is this past summer, right? That was, yep, yep. So you, yeah, they want- you just got brought everybody back together a quick like uh, kind of reunion photo. This is really awesome, man. Yeah, no, I, I forgot who, who that was actually. Somebody said, "Hey, we should all get together and just take a quick shot." You know, I was like, you know, let's do it for the ten year, but they wanted to grab it now. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, think about that. That's really cool because all of those guys, every single one of them, is maintained. There's not one guy that's sort of fallen by the wayside or, you know, or fell fell out of the industry or whatever. I mean, they're all still going strong. Yeah, great picks by you guys. Still. Yeah, they'll see that. Damn. Yeah, what do you what do you think um uh in you know that so the 2 years from now you'll do the sort of the 10-year reunion on that. Do you imagine uh tw- you know 10 years from that, tw- the 20-year anniversary, you know, can you imagine right. the uh you know what a couple guys will be in wheelchairs maybe, <laughs> a, you know, rascal scooter. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Change the unusual rascals at that point, but no, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's cool. Yeah, it would be it would be cool to have it evolve, you know, and uh, you know to to do something. But you know, we're always doing different things and um, you know trying to change it up. But it's fun to work with all those guys, you know, because they do such different things in the industry. Yeah, speaking of Matt Booth, by the way, Matt Booth TPE this year, uh, he was one of the that was one of the most subdued versions of Matt Booth that I've seen. It was almost, you know, his, he grew the hair, this, his hair in on the sides. <laughs> and when we did the interview, he was almost like a, like a normal person. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I don't know if he was, you know, if he's, if he's yeah, turning, in, answers. Yeah. if he's turning a new leaf or, or what, but he seemed to, I think uh, it's like, whenever the like, rum is involved, mm. when he's representing the rum, there's different the side gin. of Booth. The gin. Oh, sorry. Gin. The gin. Yeah. I know some yeah, of this it stuff. Happens. Yeah. yeah. So they had that at the party, actually. Yeah, TV, that's, they had that's gin. right. Yeah. yeah, his his gin is actually really good. Uh, if you haven't tried it, you give a folks watching, you can order it online. I think from like Binnie's and a couple other places. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's not bad. So so Thor, uh, talk about some of your favorite all time uh, interviews. Uh, did I already ask this question, Jordan? What's the question? All time no. favorite interviews? No, I didn't. Okay. Sometimes I get out of step, and I don't want to ask the same question twice, but. You know, over the years, uh-huh. Thor, 2007, uh, you've done a lot of interviews. You've done a lot of articles. Uh, you got any that That's stick it. out? You know, maybe one or two that stick out as, wow, this was a really, really cool interview or a really cool article that we did over the years? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, well, obviously, the first one that I did was uh, the Fuente um, article, you know, but just because for me, Fuente was one of the first cigars that actually tasted good to me when I was younger and kind of lured me in or kept me in this hobby. Um, and so going to the factory the first time and having Carlito walk me around and like hand me like the original release or unreleased sizes of Opus and stuff was, uh, you know, pretty memorable. I still have some of those cigars, um, you know, just because they're, they're sentimental uh, for that reason. Um, so that one will definitely stick out. But I remember one time we were interviewing Guillermo Leon at the Miami Cigar Office and uh, my photographer was there. And I don't know if you've ever been to that office. Uh, but Nestor Miranda, he's a big game hunter. And so he has a lot of animals uh, on the walls, you know, and these things he brings back. I mean, they're not cheap, right? And so my uh, photographer's there. He's taking pictures of Guillermo and he bumps back into one. 
and the thing like comes off the wall, but it, it didn't <laughs> fall. And so he just like froze. And Nestor was just like, man, if you let that drop, your head is going to be next on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, don't don't drop that fucking antelope. (laughs) You know, over the two, you know, over the years you've been doing this, the industry's evolved, especially cigar media, because now you've got, you know, all these sort of, uh, you know, the new media, if you want to call it new media. I don't know if that's a good word or not, but you know, folks like Cigar Dojo and stuff, the online people, and now you know we're seeing the sort of same thing now with. Sort of this whole new crop of just uh, YouTube reviewers and that kind of stuff. Talk about the changes just in the industry, you know, since 2007 in regard to, you know, cigar media. Is it more challenging now? Is it is it good that there's more options to you, or or is it, or does this make it, you know, difficult, more difficult to stand out in, you know, a, a bigger field of different types of things that can grab people's attention? No, it definitely uh, makes it more challenging. I'd say just for social media, you know, because uh, back then when we started, I think, you know, people were still on MySpace uh, and Facebook was just kind of coming out. And so it didn't really have that presence uh, that it did today. Um, and, you know, so people can reach a lot of consumers and a lot of, you know, people on their own. And so it's definitely been been hard, you know, but when you have that reach, um, you know, we have our place in the retail stores and, you know, honestly doing prints and stuff. If I started now, I would probably never do print. I think it's just crazy. So I think we're kind of like the last generation. Um, and, and just in general, I think print eventually, well, you know, doesn't matter what industry you're in, it's just going to kind of, kind of fade out. Um, you know, but there'll always be a small place for it, that niche market, you know, which is what we're in, um, where we kind of like to be. Does it frustrate you at all um, when, you know, a, a publisher or a Instagram user is just uh, strictly, you know, bikini pics? Does that, is that frustrating to you that people use, you know, bikini <laughs> pics as a marketing um, tool? Or- you know, it's like, if they become more successful than me in like six months, it kind of is irritating, you know, after... <laughs> They're like, what the hell? You know, what is integrity? Fuck it. You know, they got kids now. I got to pay the bills. So I'm going to get into Speedo. We did consider doing a calendar yeah. of, of cigar media guys. You know, like, can you imagine Coop in a Speedo? You know, oh, man. we get like, you know, Emmett and Aaron Loomis and yourself. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what month you'd be, um, Thor, but oh. I'm pretty sure that I'd be September. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there i wasn't i was a may day baby you know so all right there you go you'll be the spring a, the spring cover big cigar dipper. yeah <laughs> hey you know steve saka steve <laughs> steve saka the other day we when we were interviewing him, he was super salty and his big complaint to me was the media guys get along way too 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 much they should not get along so much <laughs> and he was like hoping that we would like have bigger disagreements and hate for one another. But it does seem like the media, for the most part, gets along pretty well in this industry, as well as manufacturers. I mean, this industry, for the most part, I mean, there are some exceptions, but for the most part, it seems like guys get along and they realize that we're all in this together and we're all sort of trying to help one another out. And we just like cigars. No, that's right. And together, I feel like, you know, you can make a bigger pie. So your individual slice gets a little bigger when we're all working together to, to kind of create a broader audience, you know. Um, and uh, competition is good. Um, you know, it makes you drive. It makes you do things. And, uh, and at the end of the day, you know, we're not really competitors. We're all cigar lovers, you know, trying to, to help this industry, you know. And I think you get in, uh, you get out what you put in it, you know, for sure. So. Do you ever just do you ever just like take a couple steps back and just think to yourself, you know, we're just we're into smoking dried leaves, <laughs> you know, like Real philosophical, you know, like all of a sudden, like you know, like you're getting into this, F, you know, you're talking FDA, you're talking PCA, you're talking this, you're talking that, you're talking marketing, and then you like take a couple steps back and you're just like, you know what, I just like cigars, I just like the fact that that we have these cigars to enjoy, but sometimes it just, uh, you know, you gotta like 
take a couple steps back and think about when you first got into the industry and first got into cigar smoking in general and just think, wow, this is, this is cool. There's a lot worse ways to be making a living. No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, people ask, I, I know have friends, they travel and they, they do a ton of different work and really stressed out. You know, the most I get stressed out is like, oh man, I got 20 cigars I have to review in 10 days. Like, oh man, I better sit down and light a cigar. <laughs> like that's, that'll, that'll be every day. And then you sit in front of the computer, you know, and work on layouts or do whatever. So it's definitely cool, you know, that we can do this. It's uh, it's unique for sure. I mean, it's such a small industry, so. All right, so in the last um, year or so, give me some cigars that you've smoked that, that really blown you away, that you really love. Uh, well, the Wise Man Maduro still, to me, uh, was one of my favorite releases. Um, I've been smoking that thing um, a lot. Uh, you know, and it's kind of hard, actually, to, to pinpoint what, what stands out, just because we go through so many cigars just for the magazine. You know, we've kind of dwindled it down to, I think, about 30 an issue. You know, and so we're smoking at least 200 cigars um, just for the magazine's sake alone and in the reviews. But, you know, and I'm kind of like a tried and true guy. I always go back to certain cigars like Tatuaje or even Fuente. Um, those are just cigars I just really can't get over. It's funny because those are like one cigar I've noticed that I've always liked since I first started enjoying them or getting into the hobby, you know, all the way through to the end. Um, or till now, you know, so my tastes haven't really changed, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Do you do you have seasonal tastes? Like for me, I know that like um, it's I, I seem to go with the seasons like summertime. I, I find myself gravitating to Connecticut's and then fall comes around and and then I'm maybe a little bit more into Habanos. And then in the dead of winter, you're just like, give me the darkest Maduro I can get my hands on. Do you have like seasonal palate at all? You know, I don't, I don't really think so. If I'm outside, I think I just basically pick cigars based on the circumstance, you know, if it's morning or if I ate or just based on how I feel. But, you know, I, I usually don't smoke a lot of mild cigars. I'm starting to, um, but I like a lot of full flavor. I don't necessarily need that kick. I don't like to feel it. I don't like cigars that you get that like ball in your throat um, and all that kind of that nicotine buildup or whatever that is, you know, it's just not smooth. So as long as it has a lot of flavor and, and finesse, you know, um, I'm in it. It doesn't really matter right. what what time of day or, or, or what time of year. Have your uh, taste, I mean, you said that you, you've always sort of liked the Tatawahe stuff and, and, and whatnot, but, like, I, I know that for me, I remember there was a time when I, I only liked Maduro cigars. Like, that's all I smoked. And I think it was... Um, when I had the, the, the Ortega Serie D Natural, and I had it because Smokin accidentally sent me a five-pack of that instead of the Maduro version. And so like, as soon as I got it, this is you know right when it came out, like what, back in the day, and I, I called Smokin. I was like, oh, you sent me the wrong cigars. You know? And they said, oh, we'll, we'll send you the, the five. And I was like, okay, how do I send these back? And they said, oh, don't, don't send them back. You just have them and enjoy them. And I remember I went on a camping trip, and I had the Ortega Serie D Natural, and that cigar got me wanting to try other cigars. And then I started trying, more, you know, regular naturals and so, so on and so forth. But then, like, it, as time goes on, you, like, circle back to these things. Then you, like, I circle back a couple years later to trying a bunch of Maduros again. And then recently I got into Connecticut's and I sort of circle back on those and, like, hey, you know what? I want to get into that again. And I go through those stages of, of smoking different cigars. But there's one cigar, the Espinosa Habano, Thor, that cigar is like my my baseline cigar. Like, if my palate's ever shot or I'm not I'm not tasting things quite right, we go to do a review and I'm like, God, Jordan, this this cigar tastes terrible. But I can't really tell if it's like my palate's off or anything. I get the Espinosa Habano. That's like gets me back into okay. Now I know where my palate is, and now I can taste the other cigars to compare it against that cigar. Uh, have you ever right. do you ever do stuff like that? Like just because you know, like that's your baseline cigar. You know, yeah, it's funny because so many times you're smoking cigars and things get so redundant, at least for me. I'm like, oh, great. And other cigars like earthy, spicy, you know, <laughs> um, or, or or whatever it might be. But some cigars for me, like the Casadores, the Brown Line um, that Pete makes, the uh, that to me is just one of my favorite top cigars. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the aroma. You know, it smells like a chocolate factory. Uh, when you walk in the room with someone smoking that cigar. And so that to me always brings me back at least um, 
to the hobbyist, you know, because um, sometimes you smoke so much and it's like when you have your time off, it's, you don't reach for a cigar. It's like, oh, I've been smoking all, all right. week or whatever. So I don't want to smoke. But then, you know, I might smell something like that or walk past the cigar shop or, um, and then I'll be like, all right, I want that. And then I'll be able to relax again or get back in the mood. Right. Um, but it, yeah, so it's interesting, but, um, it is hard too, you know, coming up with so many different reviews because things do start to sound the same. I'm like, man, we should just do numbers and no <laughs> reviews. That's it. So much easier. <laughs> right. Like after a while, don't you, you, you start to say like, God, how can I describe this in a way that I haven't done? 300 times before right you have to come up with things but the truth is is the funny thing is is there really are these sometimes you just get like a blueberry note or something and somebody says wow you taste blueberry what what the heck well i don't know why but you know i i did get that and and it's subjective but um you know you got to make the interview you got to make the the review interesting too you don't want to just say oh it's leather oh it's chocolate you got to come up with other things sometimes to make it you know spice it up a bit right yeah no absolutely and uh you know it's all flavor association and that's one thing i don't like but people they read reviews it's like well you said this i don't get that at all you're an idiot it's like <laughs> well it's it's all about what you know you know okay what do you smoke and what does it remind you of and then that's what it is don't like people shouldn't look for these flavors when they read things you know it's all about what they what they get out of it themselves right so uh tell folks uh where they can get their hands on cigar press magazine and what they're gonna, what it's all about, what they're gonna, you know, experience when they get their hands on your magazine. How do people come across it, and what what what's it all about? Well, you can go to cigarpress.com. Uh, we have a lot of things online there. Uh, we actually do user ratings and things like that, where we take the average ratings and have a top 100 list. But it's all based on uh, the averages, and it's real time. But you can go there for back issues, merchandise, uh, articles, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're definitely going to find something that's a little edgier, maybe off the cuff. Uh, if you're easily offended, I probably wouldn't read cigar press, um, you know, because we like to do things a little different, uh, you know, and we like to represent something because so many people think cigars are just about luxuries. And like you said, like private jets and, you know, it's kind of old guard mentality of what cigars used to be. And uh, so we like to show people that there's this whole kind of counterculture of what cigars you know, are, which is inclusive for everybody. And uh, how many issues a year do you produce? Uh, six issues a year. So we do five issues, uh, regular issues, and then we do one special edition, which is our black book. And that's just 100% just cigar reviews. Um, I remember always growing up reading books, uh, cigar books, and I just love seeing all like page after page of the pictures of the cigars. And uh, so that's kind of like, why i like to do that because mm -hmm. it's cigar nerd where it's just no articles nothing it's just literally just page after page of pictures of cigars so um but that's always a popular one you have a six total okay well very cool i just I, I can't thank you enough for taking time on a friday night to come join us i know you have to travel tomorrow so this wasn't the easiest uh show for you to appear on so appreciate that very much we really enjoyed uh, your time on smoke night live tonight thor yeah, no, thanks for having me. Anytime. I'm uh, glad to be here. All right, don't go away. I want to talk to you after the show. Guys, go pick up Cigar Press Magazine. It's one of the, it, look, it's one of the one of the few things in this industry that is extremely unique. It is not the cookie cutter thing. It, it, it will appeal to the Cigar Dojo crowd because I, I, I know Dojo Nation very, very well, and I know how you guys are edgy and you like this kind of stuff. Cigar Press Magazine really is... An excellent, excellent publication for, for our crowd and our group. Uh, guys, tonight on the dojo, here we go. Uh, oh, Jordan. Yo. I should probably talk. Flavor Odyssey will be back on Wednesday. About time. Flavor Odyssey will be back on Wednesday. Robbie's feeling better. And it's the letter S. And so it it'll just be. because his team lost the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, well. That's got to be it. That had a lot to do with it. So <laughs> the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Robbie was sick. And then the 49ers lost the Super Bowl, which really put him into a deep, deep, deep depression. So he just could <laughs> not do the show. But he will be back uh, with Randy Griggs on Wednesday. That's the 12th, February 12th. Uh, they're doing the Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA with the Southern Draw Firethorn. And that was a personal recommendation from Robert Holt. 
He said that that's uh, the perfect combination. We asked, I think we asked him which of their cigars would best pair with a, an IPA. So it's a hard pairing to do. Yeah, it is a hard pairing to do. So we'll see if that is a good or bad pairing on Wednesday. And then we'll be back, of course, next week, uh, Friday nights, for another episode of Smoke Night Live. We're working on the guest right now. But uh, tonight, let's get on the Dojo app. Get your Dojo app out. Let's see you're now playing. Post what you're smoking. Post what you're drinking. We'll be hanging out all night on the Dojo. Until next Friday night, remember, never Never smoke smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next Wednesday for Flavor Odyssey. Hey, I'm Nick, man, and I buy my sweet, sweet stogies online. My website's got like 11 options. 12s, I got like nine, so how was it going down? Anyway, they ship here super quick. Just ask my ma, right, ma? Hmm? So yeah, like 12 to 13 business weeks they'll be here. So go to my website, man. I remember him. That was me. Sad, lonely, no women, wearing three-day-old underwear. That was before I discovered JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. With a huge variety of cigars, the best prices, and the most amazing shipping options. I get my cigars just like that. So don't be like him, be like me, and order your cigars from jrcigars.com.